What's up, bitches? I'm Adeline. And I'm Mitha. And this is Bitch Why. Our podcast where we talk about all the things we like and dislike and why anyone would make them. We are just a couple of artsy bitches learning what makes art good and how to talk about it. This week, Gaia is not here, clearly, but we're going to have a little, like, fun bonus episode where we interview Adeline about some twink movies. Some twinkism. Some twinkism. Uh, and Adeline as our resident twink. The twinkologist. Adeline's our twinkologist. Oh my um, god, I just finished watching the uh, National Theater Angels in America recording with Andrew oh Garfield, no. so I am primed for twinkery. <laughs> Anyways. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, before that, uh, yeah. let's, let's, let's start with some stuff we're snacking on. Adeline, what's your snack this week? So I have a juicy snack this week because I realized a few days ago that we have not, we, I thought that my brother sold our Wii to pay for his PS4, but then I realized that my mom didn't let him sell it. And so we still had our Wii console and we still had the controllers, but I couldn't find the games and I was like, where are they? And after searching in my basement for literally multiple days in a row, <laughs> I finally found the Holy Grail that I was searching for, which is, of course, Super Mario Bros. Wii. And oh my me God. and Caitlin have been playing... I mean, Catherine's been playing it too, but me and Caitlin are, like, intense about it. We have been <laughs> playing this for, like, maybe two days, and we're already on World 6. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it is just, like, it's so much fun. And I really... Like, when I first started playing it, I was, like... It was crazy, because the last time I played it was in, like, maybe 6th or 7th grade. So I was, like, wow, the last time I experienced this game was, like... A time before mental illness. A time when I still had all my <laughs> serotonin molecules. And so it's been slowly but surely bringing some of those serotonin molecules back. And it's just so much fun because it's like I use, I played this game with my brother so much when we were both a lot younger. And not, neither of us had like any major stress in our lives because we were like in like fourth and sixth grade. And... Um, so that's been so much fun. And then also, of course, I have been um, reveling in the joy that is ooh, ooh, a little vamping. <laughs> no one opens the door <laughs> for a native New Yorker. <laughs> Please. That yeah. Wendy. It's the Wendy Williams so, mass singer is so yes, in case you so don't know. fucking good. We'll put it in the show. Like we will put it in the show notes. So I watched that live or whatever because my mom watches oh. the mass singer so like i saw that in real time and i was like what is happening and then kiara kiara friend of the pod texted me like later that night because it was on youtube and she's like have you seen this <laughs> and like all we do is quote it back and forth to each other it's so a funny. fun fact is that i first heard it on tiktok unfortunately as i hear a lot of things these days mm -hmm. which is awful but i first heard it on tiktok <laughs> and at first i i must have only heard the part where it goes ooh 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 and then <laughs> ah and i thought for this longest time <laughs> that <laughs> that it was harry styles <laughs> Just that little clip, if you know the audio, then you know what I'm talking about, but just the ooh, 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 ah, like for me sounded like a, a recording from a live Harry Styles concert for some reason. Um, oh and then finding out later it was Wendy Williams was really kind of somewhat of a um, prophetic revelation for me. So, yeah. Is Wendy Williams real? I don't think so. I think, no. Her eyes really freak me out. 
yeah i was watching this like youtube compilation of like it's like videos i have saved on my phone for no reason Mm -hmm. those youtube compilations and it's like the one where she's like oh she passed away oh oh and then like this other one where she can't say dua lipa and she calls her dula peep (laughs) (laughs) but i want to now it's so funny she's like dula peep <laughs> and then she said, and Dua, Li- Dula Peep's fans were like calling her Dula Peep, and Dula Peep said it was okay for me to call her Dula Peep. When I think of Wendy Williams, the like image that comes into my mind, like initially, is her in the li- Liberty Bell, uh, not Liberty Bell, Liberty, <laughs> the Statue, of Liber- Liberty. Statue of Liberty, <laughs> Statue of Liberty costume, with her eyes, and she like passes yeah. out. Oh my god! Yeah, and yeah. people are like, "That's why I yeah. know she's like a robot or something, yeah. <laughs> like a government, a government plant." I don't know. Oh my god! So yeah, that's <laughs> those are my snacks. Um, Nita, what are you snacking on besides the mass Singer Wendy Williams? Oh my god! I okay, this is like a wholesome snack. So I very selfishly like wrote my short film. Mm-hmm. I know catharsis is for the audience and not the artist, but I, in the process of, like, writing my short film, I was like, I'm gonna use this as an excuse to, like, reconnect with all of my Indian friends from when I was yeah. little. Mm, so That's nice. Yeah, it was really cute. I, like, sent them on yeah. the script. They all really liked it. And I was like, hey, y'all wanna, like, get on a Zoom call and just, like, catch up? And it was so... Aww. I know, it was so cute. It was That's so, so cute. Fun. Yeah, and, 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 like, and, like, what was really, really the funniest part of that call was, like, one of my friends was talking about how she doesn't feel very Indian and how we're all, like, in mm-hmm. stages of, like, relearning Hindi or Tamil or something. Oh, yeah. And, and, and my friend was like, I looked at you all when we were little, and I was like, oh, my God, there's so much more Indian than I am. And I was like shut up when i was little i was looking at you and i was like she was she's so much more indian than i am and it was like so nice to like have that conversation i feel like i i don't know if this happens it probably happens in other cultures but like indian girls can be like so mean and clicky to each other about Mm -hmm. like gatekeeping who is more indian and i think Mm -hmm. like even if we didn't all actively do that to each other that like environment is just created by like having a bunch of indian girls in a room yeah. And so it was like nice to like reconcile all of that. And like yeah. I don't know, I felt like a like a weight lifted off of me and it was like very cute and sweet. And like now we're all going to like meet more often on Zoom and and drink chai and like talk about our lives more. Yeah. Which is so cute. So that's, that's my snack. so nice. Yeah. Oh, I'm so, so glad. It's a good we, time. We we both have kind of like childhood reconnections this mm-hmm. week, I guess, in yeah. different ways. Yours is like important cultural connections and mine <laughs> is Mario Wee, but you know, they're both important. Honestly, honestly, <laughs> I think it's very funny whenever I mention something about like my culture or like gender or sexuality and people are like that has more weight to it than like my thing but i don't think it is and maybe and like i'm sure other people will like disagree with me but i think it's like weird that people put that stuff up on a pedestal when i say like because we i was in oh my god in our in our greek class yesterday um we were in breakout rooms so i just started ranting about like the song wop and that stupid ben shapiro video yeah and we watched it my king jordan screen shared and we just watched the ben shapiro reacting to wop video (laughs) while we were supposed to be doing work in our breakout room 
As you should. I mean, like, my group didn't really do, like, work work. We just, like, talked about our projects and then we made up some, like, dumb memes about Greeks, like... I ne- we talked about the Greeks being obsessed with women being virgins and it's like mm. I never seen two pretty virgin friends. It's always <laughs> one of them. It's always one of them gotta be, gotta be I don't know. Anyways. Yeah, well we started talking about feminism because like Ben Shapiro in the video is like, this is what feminists fought for. And I was like, bro, shut up. Like literally shut up. And we were laughing about it. And then I said something about like intersectional feminism. And the other two girls in the in the breakout room were white, and they were like, "Oh my god, mm-hmm. you're like so right." And I'm like, "Okay, I know, like I know, I'm, <laughs> I know." But like, can we have a conversation where like I mention something about like being brown and people don't autumn? I'm not saying you did this, but like people oh, yeah. do it. Where I'm like, I mentioned something about being brown, and everyone goes, "Oh my god, you're like so right." And I'm like, "Okay, yeah. wait, 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 we need to get past that part." Like, yeah, being like, "Oh my." god you're literally oh god. like you're 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 marginalized like pain like yeah. your, your brain your brain is so huge you like understand the world and i'm so white and i'll never like know anything and it's like just <laughs> shut up yeah just, versus like I'll have a you, conversation literally yeah like yeah. i'm like i don't need to we don't need to waste time with like you telling me i'm like right about my oppression like i know yeah like, i i yeah. got it i know um but like yeah but, like, me making chai and, like, hanging out with my, like, Indian girlfriends is the same as you and Caitlin playing Wii. Like... Tea? Yeah. I or think, should yeah. I say... Chai! <laughs> God damn it. I'm gonna kill myself. Okay, anyways. Um, amazing. So, this episode kind of doesn't really have a roadmap, so, Adeline, no, you not. are up there with our Taylor Swift episode. Which... <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. We're breaking rules. So, so this week... We think we're just gonna talk about twinkism, twinkology. Twinkism. Um. God, it's such a multifaceted. Also, phenomenon. people have some questions for you, so maybe oh, we should. Yes. Maybe we should get into these questions first. Sure. I'm. I'm such a celebrity. <laughs> oh my god. I haven't. I haven't looked at them yet, so I'm like very nervous. Well, I know Caitlin and Catherine have both submitted some, and I don't know the degree to whether they are serious or just bullying. So. We'll find out. Well, first of all, Adeline, I'm sorry to put you, like, on blast, but you did ask yourself a question. I did. Why is she gay? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't really know. I'm gay (laughs) because women... Women. Booby. Women. (laughs) Women. Booby. Great. Um, Your girlfriend, Catherine, said, why are you so pretty? That's easy, because you're not straight. Um, Yes. (laughs) Next question. (laughs) Next question. (laughs) What's it like being such a bad bitch? You know, <laughs> what I like to say about that is fuck being good because I'm a bad bitch. <laughs> and it's it's because I'm kind of sick of motherfuckers trying to tell me how to live. And I don't I don't do that, you know. Um, also, I got yanked by Wank. I'm wearing, well, I mean, I guess I could say I, I wear t-shirts like this one that I'm wearing right now, which says I got yanked by Wank because I got my wisdom teeth taken out by a dentist, um, called Dr. Wank and he gave me this t-shirt. So, um, that's kind of what it takes to be a bad bitch. And then, yeah. Okay, amazing. Next question. Next question. <laughs> uh, who's on your hit list? 
Oh, well, there's some people on my hit list that I can't necessarily say on a public platform. Okay. But people that are less close to my life, my and your life, I would say, obviously, um, <laughs> well, Ben Shapiro's on my hit list, obviously, <laughs> yes. topically. Um, Mitch McConnell's on my hit list, but he's, he's Caitlyn's. Caitlyn has already claimed him, if we okay. were to ever, you know. Uh, do, uh, Don't, uh, no, she's. You don't yeah. have to finish that sentence. No, no, I wasn't gonna. I've just finished watching Angels in America, so Roy Cohn is on my hit list, even though he's already dead. <laughs> um, dead. The people on my anti-hit list are the people at the landscaping <clears throat> company in Philadelphia <laughs> who didn't ask any questions when Trump asked to have a rally there. They're on my anti-hit list. <laughs> and I think so I'm gonna funny. wrap up with that. Actually, those jokes have really been giving me life. And the TikToks so when Florida went red, because, like, of course it was going to go red. But, like, people yeah. were like, what was the reason? Like, those t- yeah. like Kiara sent me so many. Okay, more serious question. What's your favorite poem? Oh, my goodness. So, <laughs> one of my favorite poems for a long time is A Supermarket in California by Allen Ginsberg, which I think is really fun. But also, I'm going to have to give a shout out. He's become kind of, like almost overpopularized in like kind of like tumblr whatever like circles but like richard silken's book of poems crush is like a classic and his um oh what's the title it's like a person's name is the title of the poem and i'm blanking on it oh litany in which certain things are crossed out classic and um yeah i'm not gonna be able to remember anything else right now but i would say supermarket in california is really fun um I also just like Hal by Allen Ginsberg. Um, Allen Ginsberg's great. I love the movie Kill Your Darlings, but he was a pedophile. So, um, <laughs> you know, we do have to deal with that. But that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. What was the moment when you said, I want to make art? Thank you, Juliana. Sexy question. Well, make art, I'm not sure. The moment when I realized that I wanted to do theater, mm. perform theater, was when... <laughs> I um, was in 2015 and 2016, I was really into the Deaf West revival of Spring Awakening um, and watching the um, <laughs> Broadway.com vlogs with the cast members like backstage at the show. Like they're so funny. That was such a wonderful cast and the show kind of changed my life. Um, but that made me realize that like I wanted to do that. I saw what they were doing the behind the scenes of performing and like performing and I was like I think that's what I want to do for the rest of my life and I think also that production and the way that it played with form and like played with an existing show but like changed it so much I didn't it was the first time that I realized that that's something that could be done with theater that you can take an existing text and you can mold it in a way through direction through um addition of um lines choreography um uh stuff like that you could like add on a whole other layer of plot and significance and so that was what made me realize that like theater is the medium that I love the most because it's the only thing where you can like you can kind of create endlessly with it because you can take text and you can like constantly make it something new and every single performance is different so yeah i would say just like the experience of that particular production is what made me realize how special theater is and that that's what I want to do with the rest of my life but then with specifically creating theater I think my first year at playwrights is what did it for me because up until that point I loved theater but I really only wanted to perform it and then through my first year directing class I was like oh like creating theater is like as 
what enjoyable for me is performing in theater. So shout out to Players Horizons Theater School. So that was such a sexy question and such a sexy yeah. answer. I feel Thank like you. I feel like yeah, we both kind of went through first year and like it was it was more of like giving ourselves permission to to be the people making art because like the way our mm-hmm. school is split up is like you've got directors and you've got actors and so like that barrier felt like really significant and then getting yeah. through it I think with our directing projects we were like oh yeah like, like when I first this. directed my first time directing was doing <laughs> directing Doxy's God directing Nita and Gaia yeah, as the leads in Doxy's God <laughs> little fun <laughs> bitch why tidbit I directed <laughs> Gaia as CB and Nita as Beethoven in Doxy's God at the end of freshman year of college um and doing that was like the first time I realized like I could direct and that I could do the thing that I saw Spring Awakening do um, and so that was great. So yeah, yeah. First year at Playwrights was just like an entire like long journey of realizing that I like creating things on my own and that I can do that for both of us. I think. Yeah. So, and yeah. now you're you're directing, writing, acting in your own short film, which is like so I badass. Am. Are you actually a Neil Perry or a Todd with main character syndrome? I know that Catherine wrote that question. Thank you so much, <laughs> Catherine. Yeah. Listen, I'm a Todd specifically because of my relationship with my dad and my relationship with my dad and our relationship to theater. Like, my dad has an MBA from Stern and I want to pursue theater and he's worked in education his entire life. And the transition of him making me do sports all throughout middle and high school and making me focus mm. on my grades the entire time into me deciding that I want to do theater and him realizing that he was going to have to pay for me to get a job in theater when his entire life has been building me up to someone who can go to a great college so I can have a stable and productive career. And suddenly realizing that Dude. that wasn't going to happen. Like that is the moment where I was watching Dead Poet Society and I saw Mr. Neil Perry and I was like, why are you me? I'm me. <laughs> and, um, and also obviously the depression now my dad's not homophobic like neil's dad is and also i didn't um commit not alive because he didn't want me to do theater um and also my dad was never like you can't do theater but it was more like the struggle in between like his view for my life versus my view for my life and i was like dad it's not my dream it's yours <laughs> and that whole thing but um you know I do have main character syndrome but I also think that I think Caitlin and Catherine think I have more main character syndrome than I do and I also think I'm not quiet enough to be a Todd like I think I'm the kind of person who pushes my friends out of their comfort zone the way that Neil does like I don't think I'm enough of an introvert to be a Todd you know I feel like Catherine's a Todd Catherine's trying to push this on. She, I mean, I'm not saying, and again, this is somehow coming out like it's a bad thing. Like Todd is like a beautiful character and I love him. I think Catherine's a Todd and I'm a Neil and that's just how we be. Um, And Caitlin is Charlie. So anyways, not to fan cast my friends as my favorite movie, but that's how it is. Oh my God. Who am I? Well, I was just thinking that. I think you're probably um, either Knox because he's a simp. Or, um, <laughs> or, uh, like Keating himself. Cause you're just like smart and you're like, you're like smarter than the rest of us and more like, yeah, I feel like you could be either you or Gaia would be Keating. 
I feel like Gaia and I, like, every time when we fan cast something, it's like me and Gaia would probably be the same person. Yeah. 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 So. Oh my god. You know. Wow. I'm so, I'm so touched. That's amazing. Um, Okay, so not to, like, armchair psychologist you. Oh my god, please do. When I think about you and I think about the art that you love, it often has to do with, like, adolescent boys and coming of age. Like, you've got Dead Poet Society, My Own Private Idaho, Brokeback Mountain, It, Stranger Things, and The Goldfinch. Literally anything where Finn Wolfhard is, like, a twink. Okay, we're not talking about that little 17-year-old man, okay? He lives, he can live his own life. No, we're not gonna talk about Finn Wolfhard. Literally, like, bleep out Finn Wolfhard for the rest of the episode. Yeah. Um... But like, and then and Our then Spring and Awakening, Spring Awakening, yeah, and Angels in America. So kind of yeah. obviously, there's a lot. Well, there's a lot of just like gay iconography. Yeah, obviously. I mean, I love gay people. I think I love the specific <laughs> experience. I think honestly, part of it is probably just my Catholic guilt. That isn't real Catholic guilt, mm. but it's my inherited Catholic guilt Tea. because like the idea of like wrestling with like a part of yourself that like is growing but you're not ready to like address yet but like like something that is inherent to you that is manifesting in you before you understand what it is or what it means I think that's what I am have always been drawn to and then I think that's an inherently like gay experience so that's why I'm drawn to like storylines that aren't about gay people but then I'm also drawn to like Romeo and Juliet like Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet because Romeo and Juliet Mm. is about gay people um (laughs) so if anyone who's listening to Bitch Why hasn't watched Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet you have to get up and do it right this second um anyways uh Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes right yep didn't they fucking hate each other on I set? Th- yeah, yes, I think so. Yeah, Did that's, the, yes. that's yeah, that's gay. Yeah, like that's gay anyway. people. Like, anyway, that's that's on being. That's on. That's gay. on being uh, gay. Anyway. Like yeah, that's on being gay. it's like the goldfinch. It's um oh my god, I'm not gonna talk about it's always sunny in Philadelphia, but like <laughs> Mac and Dennis on it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I'm sorry, I have so many friends who are like Adeline. This is a show about people making fart jokes, and I'm like yeah, but like no, it also has uh, one of the best slow burn love stories of all time so watch yourself glenn howerton has a degree from juilliard and he is acting his ass off so think about that i was watching this really great youtube video essay on always sunny yeah there's a thing there's like a phenomenon that happens with uh sitcoms where like this the longer they go on for the characters kind of become stereotypes of themselves oh i think i've right? seen the like, same video essay but keep talking yeah yeah we're like Ross from Friends just becomes, like, a parody of himself, and he's, like, not even interesting anymore, and just becomes, like, fully annoying. Like, all of the good character traits that they have at the beginning kind of just, like, get lost and people become caricatures. But I think, like, what the the great thing about Always Sunny is it kind of, like, subverts that. If anything, like, uh, throughout the sitcom, like, you see people grow and change and, like, become better people. And, like, what's really funny and, like, kind of more real about Always Sunny is that they kind of always stay awful. 
Yeah. Um, it was talking about how, like, characters tend to, over sitcoms, they tend to, like, the whole thing is they're trying to be better people and learn. It's mm-hmm. the thing about learning from their mistakes and the thing about It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia that allows it to last for so long while still being good is that they never yeah. learn from their mistakes. They just stay yeah. the same, if not get worse, the entire time. Worse. Like, the only yeah. character progression that truly happens in the show is Max pro- progression with his sexuality. Um, mm-hmm. And also, if you haven't seen the season 13 uh, closer, uh, Mac Finds His Pride, it's a genuinely beautiful and touching like rendition of coming out and coming to acceptance. And it's beautiful. And Danny DeVito cries at the end and it will make you cry. Um, it's the only the only episode of their show ever where it's ended on a genuinely uplifting note where they haven't like axed it at the end or like cut in a joke at the very end. Like it, it's uplifting and it's joyful and then the episode ends and there's no catch. I think with the power of that, the reason why it might have actually been so much more impactful than like a Friends or like a This Is Us is that like you're always waiting for the like, oh, love, lovely, nice moment at the end. Mm-hmm. And like... It actually, when it really happens for real in Always Sunny, it feels like just that much more genuine because yeah. you know that they did. It feels so much like their earned. formula. Uh huh. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I could do a podcast like... episode about Always Sunny, but I can't. I can't talk about <laughs> it more right now. No, I'm glad. I'm glad we like talked about that a little bit because it's yeah. another thing that's like I don't know when I think of like my friends, I always think about the things that they like really gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. So like with Catherine, it's like Harry Potter. Disney stuff and like Peter Pan specifically yeah. like I associate her with all of that and like yep. I really associate you with repressed gay bitches <laughs> re- repressed brunette tall gay twinks like that's like what that's you're it. that's and that's also and that's like, all I need baby and that's all you need and that's but all I, I am but I like except I'm not tall except <laughs> yeah um but like that like it's kind of your version of like self-insert it's like your <laughs> self-insert <laughs> yeah call me out but like you're right no but like but then but i and i always i'm like so fascinated by it because i watch like a dead poet society or like uh stranger things and maybe like well different from dead poet society but like with, with like it and stranger things i could definitely pick up on like the the gay undertones of the f- relationship <laughs> i don't personally see myself in them I think Mm. in the same way and I and I'm wondering if it like has something to do with like the way I present and like the way my queerness shows up and manifests but I and I I just I think it's so fascinating that you can like latch onto these things and like blow them up in your head I like love listening to you rant about like ready like it makes me so happy um I do want to tell you that I, when I'm I'm working on the slur count right now for it chap for God. it part two. God. The okay. The word. The phrase. This is not a slur. It just happened in the yeah. book, and I needed to write it down. Yes. Boy meat was like the most disgusting. Phrase. Boy meat. Where he's talking. Yeah. Like like Stephen like, King deserves to be incarcerated immediately. <laughs> Lock him up. Like the Put the man in jail. I think it's like Georgie has become boy meat. And like that's Uh. the sentence. (laughs) And also Adelaide. That man has brain worms. The description 
of the hate crime is so much worse in the book than no. watching it in the movie. I felt like I was being no. hate crimed as I was listening to it, and I'm listening to it on audiobook, so I was he- literally hearing a hate crime. <laughs> hurt so bad. It was so awful. Literally, this man will do anything it takes to fit a, a slur in, in his writing. And I'm like, the amount of times it's happened, I'm like, this was not necessary. Oh my god. This it man, is a mess. This man is insane. I can't even I, I, say half these words. <laughs> lock him up. Do you see the memes where it was like, um, it was like Joe Biden colon, like I will blank, and then it showed the like electoral college map and it was like entirely blue. It's oh, like a meme yeah. format. Well, the one that I saw was I will incarcerate um what oh Matthew, Matthew, Mor- Matthew Morrison. Matthew Morrison. <laughs> but, but now I'm thinking it's Joe Biden. I will incarcerate Stephen King, and it's like <laughs> entirely blue, 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 blue map. Blue. Anyways, have oh, I have seen? to say real quick oh, before yeah, yeah. we end that previous segment about the repressed breast twinks, I also have to give a little bit of a shout out to Tom and Greg from Succession. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just have to shout it out. I that's it. I'm not gonna expand on that. I'm just gonna sprinkle it in for flavor. I love that the guy who plays cousin Greg was in like Disney movies. Yes. Like, and then he was also in the new Poltergeist remake because I rewatch. Oh, I watched that with my family, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Why is cousin Greg here?" Okay. Um, people on my TL have been thirsting over Hunter Biden, and I really think we need to. Go outside. I don't. I. Just I don't even know what he outside. looks like, and I don't want to know what he looks like. He's not. I'm listen, good. like this is everyone on election week. By the way, election's done. We've recorded this. Joe Biden is Joe president Biden's elect. president. Um, I wrote. We wrote. Donald Trump is a white supremacist on the back of Ka- Catherine's car, and yesterday a white man screamed at us and called us uneducated. <gasps> Anyways, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like fine. He was just like, you uneducated assholes or whatever. And we were like, okay, bye. I, I started a war on Facebook, which nice. was like, why did I get on Facebook? Why did I do that? But it was really kind of fun. That's um, good. Yeah, I like called out some some racist Indian family members, which is great. As you should. And got myself and my family uninvited from some events. Oh, <laughs> in good. The future, which is great. Which is like that's my job that's as fine. the black sheep of the family. That's my job. Okay, literally, people need to go outside. Like yeah. they were thirsting over Chris Cuomo. No. Jake Tapper. Jake Tapper. Oh my god. <laughs> and I was like, y'all, please just go outside. Like the fact that like people thirst over these men, and it took like. So long for, like, one black man to be named Sexiest Man Alive oh God, for, like, whatever that, like, Idris Elba, whatever magazine that was. Like, I, I think that, like, the internet collectively <laughs> can only be allowed to be thirsty for one white man every, like, three months. Like, you know, it, before it was white boy of the month, but now it's, like, it's gotta oh, be white yeah. boy of the three months. Like, white boy of the chill. three months. <laughs> you guys need to chill. The only one that was actually funny, and it wasn't necessarily serious but it was the picture of the dude who had been like um uh handling the election map throughout the election season like the oh, dude steve who had like the big Cor- map steve yeah Cornicky? and and yeah. someone said um i've been watching the news for so long this man's starting to look sexy to me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we like gaslit ourselves into thinking he was hot <laughs> i can't that's like all of my questions 
Oh, okay. Do wait. you want to just rant about Dead Poets Society to me? Trigger warning for uh, talking about suicide. Well, I think an, a good place to start with me and Dead Poets Society is the fact that freshman year, my final essay first semester for writing the essay was <laughs> about Dead Poets Society and why it's an allegory for being gay. I mean, that's not like... like the most revelatory idea especially if you're like versed in queer theory and or have like watched the movie and know what gay people are but um it's hold on let me me pull it up because there's one source that I want to like read because it was the source that I first found that like opened my eyes to the fact that it wasn't just me being like oh this character seems gay it actually like had precedent in the actual script for that being like possibly intentional also this Adeline's essay is on Medium, and I'm going to oh, put it yes, in the it show notes. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, yeah, So, like, yeah, you all so can read it. You guys can read so it. so good. Okay, I found it. So, it's it was published on this, um, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, this, this like, site called Brightwell Dark Room, and it's by Christopher Cantwell, and it's titled In Defense of Dead Poets Society. And um, <clears throat> so, let me, let me find the part. It basically starts talking about... How this guy's talking about how he's watching Dead Poets Society and he hadn't seen it in a while. He couldn't remember which character died at the end, which, like, spoiler, like, Neil, like, commits suicide at the end of the movie. But, like, it came out in 1989, so get over it. And so he's like, oh, I couldn't remember who committed suicide. But he's talking about how he, like, for some reason didn't want it to be Neil. And then he talks about how he felt like Neil reminded him of someone he knew in high school who was closeted and was in theater and ended up committing suicide. He said, here we go. Ultimately, it was about the suicide. Who kills himself is what I kept morbidly asking. There was relief to be found in thinking it was going to be Ethan Hawke who plays Todd. Why? Because I wanted to disprove my subconscious knowledge it was Robert Sean Leonard. I don't know why. I'll take a stab, but I feel like it'll make more sense to you than it does to me. To me, it still feels like I'm grasping at straws. He says there was an upperclassman who was involved in theater, killed himself... He was not out, but he was certainly gay. And then he says, It's clear to me that Robert Sean Leonard's character, Neil, is certainly gay. Since this movie was made in 1989, Neil merely wants to act. He's cast as Puck and his father is disdainful. It's left at that. But it seems carefully chosen. Neil's father stands at the back of the theater during the play and watches his son dance around and afterward takes him home and tells him he's going to military school. If this was just a story about Neil wanting to be an actor, he would have been cast as Hamlet and his father would have seen him and there would have been one of those scenes where afterward he's blown away by his son's skill. I was wrong and then a happier ending. But it must be on purpose that the performance Mr. Perry sees his son give is one where the only thing to take away from it is, wow, my son is gay. I also want to point out that I feel like Neil is comprised, oh, this doesn't have to do with the gay stuff. But anyways, like it was the part where he was like, this movie can't be just about acting because mm-hmm. why would he have why would neil kill himself you know like that what the article that i wrote um was like seeking to answer the question why does neil perry commit suicide and i came to the conclusion that it's because as that article says it's not about acting because if it was then there would have been like the reconciliation moment neil would have played some stereotypically masculine shakespeare character but instead they made the choice to have him play puck a stereotypical feminine character and there isn't any sort of reconciliation and the only way out is for neil to commit suicide because he knows that he's never going to be able to reconcile with his father because it was never about acting in the first place i have a question okay so recently Destile became canon right and that like the internet okay literally on friday fucking night in the middle of the election they decided to air that episode of supernatural and make that canon and i was like 
my, like, my two my two friends um who have uh, another podcast called bait go listen to it um their podcast is great they've recently gotten back into supernatural and i've been following along with them on twitter getting back into supernatural their tweets are so funny and realizing that in their like rough quotations of their words like actually destiel is banging um it's great supernatural is great i've never seen supernatural i don't care about destiel but through following them on twitter i've been keeping up with it so believe me when i know about the tea with Cass telling Dean that he's gay and then immediately getting sent to mega ultra super hell for being gay and also Jensen Ackles looks like he wants to call him slurs in that scene for the people on bait they haven't done dreary right no okay hey people Hosts of bait, like have Guy and I on so we can talk about Drary and then also the transphobia of uh uh Rita Skeeter. Please. There um, you go. We've we heard totally want to be on that podcast. Uh y'all are awesome. Yeah, but, by the way, I have been on their podcast to talk about Ready and Ready. It. I did that about a year ago, so if you want to listen to me talk about it even more. <laughs> You can go listen really to funny. my episode of Bait, a queer baiting podcast. Also listen to all the other episodes because their podcast They're is great. They're so good. But, but like, yeah. I think it's so funny to map the trajectory of how you felt about the no, literally Because now, I mean, I mean, that's on growth. Like, yeah. Like, I was yelling. always critical of it. But like, now that I'm not in like, the movie hasn't just come out and I'm not caught up in like the excitement of it. I'm like, oh yeah. my God, this movie is so homophobic. <laughs> it is really homophobic. Yeah. My so. question is like, so I think like, bait is something that and i'm sure that is covered more on the podcast bait but like yeah how do you see yourself in bait do you feel conflicted about like always holding on like kind of how how we were defending uh ready to gaia um mm-hmm. like t- two weeks ago a week ago and and we were like but isn't it, it's, like, nice to see ourselves in that, but, like, what are the pitfalls of that, and do you mm-hmm. ever, like, feel conflicted about, like, seeing yourself in bait and, like, latching on to characters that are definitely bait that could yeah. be definitely more explicit? Yeah. Well, uh, my relationship with queer bait, it's never, for me, been something that ever was super upsetting to me, because I also never, like, I never watched super, I never watched any of the, like, big queer baits growing up, like, I never watched Sherlock, I never watched Destiel, <laughs> I never watched, like, like, Supergirl, I guess is, like, bait or whatever, oh, yeah. and so I never had that experience of, like, the pain of, like, being baited or whatever, I also, hot take, but I feel like there's more pressing issues for the LGBT community than queer bait in media, like, there's still, like, homophobia and people being like killed for being gay so but not saying you can't focus on bigger things but my point is like my perspective is i don't think queer bait is like the most harmful thing to the lgbt community at this point so it doesn't upset me that much but i also think like i guess with dead poet society because i was talking about it i don't think it's necessarily queer bait partially because i think that the story was intentional and partially because First of all, it's a movie. It's easier to queerbait with TV shows mm-hmm. because it's a longer, more drawn-out plot. Like, with Dead Poet Society, I don't think there was ever an expectation that uh, Neil and Todd were gonna, like, get together or, like, kiss because, like, neither of them even know they're gay at the beginning of the movie. They don't have, like, it would have just seemed super forced. So, like, Dead Poet Society, to me, doesn't feel like a bait. It just seems like it's Neil's story of, like, figuring himself out and, like, Neil is in love with Todd and I think that it's fine for that to be left as something like subtle and I think it's like 
shown in, I mean, Neil being in love with Todd, I think is like kind of obvious once you start like thinking about it and looking for it. And then also like how at the end they have that scene where all the other boys know that Neil has committed suicide, but they all wait to go tell Todd last which is intentional. And when mm-hmm. they tell him, he has that scene where he's like screaming and crying into the snow on the like grounds of the school. So for me, Dead Poet Society isn't queer bait because if you're gay, you know what's going on, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're gay, you feel like, you feel the, and, and there's a different conversation to be had about like only seeing gay people in pain. And like Neil mm-hmm. Dead Poet Society is like about gay people in pain. But I think it's a story about the, the, the pain that comes with being gay. And Dead Poet Society came out in 1989, but it's set in the 40s. It's set pre-World War II two or post-war oh no i think it's post-world war ii i think it's in the 50s um Mm -hmm. but so it's realistic to its time period again like do we need a bunch of stories about gay people in olden times when they were oppressed maybe not necessarily old the 50s are olden times you know what i mean no i love Um, it (laughs) but yeah so like it's accurate um and i think that it's just a story about like the more difficult and painful parts of being a gay especially during that time um and then in terms of like queer bait overall not necessarily just related to post society like i think there should be less of it but i also think that sometimes when it's it, like <laughs> um one of the philosophies that again um uh, the people i know at bait have is that sometimes queer bait is fun <laughs> and like sometimes yeah. <laughs> like todd and and todd and greg aren't necessarily queer bait because like greg is like probably just gay but hasn't told anyone yet and like tom, tom is just like a bitch but um like i think <laughs> i think greg and tom being like playfully homoerotic on succession is just funny and like like the social network like fictionalized mark zuckerberg and eduardo saverin being weirdly in gay love is just funny right <laughs> And so, I don't know. I think it's a bigger, more nuanced topic. But like, those are my initial like thoughts on queer bait as an as an experience. I I think like thinking about that as as you were saying it, it kind of is is it's not like race where you you can look at someone and you're like, oh great, that's an Indian character, that's a black mm. character, and now I like have a moment of being able to see myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, where like sexuality is something that not you don't always know about a character and so sometimes it's kind of fun to speculate and like yeah read into stuff in a way that like you can't do with other uh aspects of identity and i think like like when i when i was watching bly manor that it's not explicitly gay until like maybe halfway through but Mm -hmm. if you're a fucking gay person you're watching um the character danny and you're like this girl's gay like i know she is gay and i thought that it was gonna stop at that at like okay i think her and jamie are gay but i don't know and like maybe that's as far as we'll get and like that's kind of been my experience watching like most tv shows is like not always looking for the gay characters but always looking for like that weird little moment like those moments where you're like that was fucking gay. Yeah. And I also and, and, think yeah. that, like, it doesn't have to be in the way that you were saying where, like, sexuality is so much more fluid than, like, race and mm-hmm. other aspects of identity that I also yeah. don't think that people have to be explicitly gay for it to be representation. Like, with exactly. Dead Poet Society, like, I feel represented by that movie. He's never confirmed to be gay, but, like, 
I feel like Neil Perry represents me as a gay person. And with but my experiences of being gay. But what would he say, I'm gay? I'm gay. Like, the, he wouldn't. The, it doesn't make right. sense in that right. movie for that to happen. But on the flip side of that, I do think that gay people deserve more explicit representation in media. Mm-hmm. And I also think that it is... As nice, if not maybe a bit nicer, when there is, as you were saying, like that build up where you're like, oh, I think that person is gay. And then later on, it like actually does get confirmed, which is why <laughs> It Chapter 2 made me, f- Destiel and, and It Chapter 2 made me feel so crazy because mm-hmm. it had been like a year and a half since It Chapter 1 had come out and everyone was like, oh, Richie and Eddie are gay. Like there was this gigantic like fandom base around those two characters and how they're like in gay love or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it. But and then for Richie to have that arc in it, chapter two felt like just vindication for like that group of people. And again, we've talked about all the nuances of Richie and his gay storyline in the previous episode. But like mm-hmm. the just the subtle moments of like finding out that he's gay and then seeing him uh, um, cry over Eddie, which again gay people in pain. We don't need more of that. But then like the moment at the end with the bridge and stuff like that, like that just felt like kind of cathartic. Um, well, also so... his, his, like, escape into comedy um, mm-hmm. really made so much it sense. It made sense, yeah. And, like, when he was younger and he just was, like, a total, like, uh, clown. And, and then <laughs> the the hiding behind comedy and then even in his stand-up set in the second movie, like, has to do about, like, his girlfriend or something. And I'm yeah. like, sir, you don't have a girlfriend. Like, we know you're fucking gay. Like, Come so, on, King. So, so that is really nice, I think. And then the problem with, like, Destiel is, like, it went on for so fucking long that, like, then to finally actually make them gay and then fuck it up so hard with sending him to hell. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, come on. Like, that. then it's, like, not it's satisfying. It's so funny. It's kind of just, like, exhausting and hilarious. Yeah. Um, and it's because, like, Supernatural has gone on for so long. It's, like, at this point, people aren't asking for, like, a good ending. They're yeah. just along for the ride. I mean, that's what I can tell. Like, no one seems genuinely <laughs> upset about, like, Cass coming out and then immediately being sent to mega hell. Because it's, like... No. This might as well happen. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, like okay, I guess, like I guess yeah. that's fine. I feel like People are I feel like, like fine, just end it already. Literally, yeah. I feel like with with straight couples, I think like in TV, I keep mentioning Friends. I haven't even watched okay. Friends in like years, but I I've never watched Friends. Friends but... really like set the will they won't they thing with like Ross mm-hmm. and Rachel, and I yeah. feel like with gay couples on TV our version currently of will they won't they is like okay but are they gay like yeah that's kind of our the thing that keeps us coming back for right now to like whatever the show or or thing is that we're watching Mm -hmm. which i don't know if that's like good or not because for tv shows i feel like what they think about is like how can we get people watching for the longest amount of time and and i feel like for getting queer audiences to watch we both simultaneously love the build-up of finding out whether or not someone is gay and also like the the waiting like to like actually knowing and seeing the queer relationship play out like we Mm -hmm. we're kind of as an audience like as a tv show going audience we've like made it so that tv shows are actually like finding that it's more profitable to bait us Mm mm-hmm 
than to yeah. like make it explicit because we'll watch yeah. for longer. And I don't. Yeah, that's. And true. I'm not blaming that on like queer audiences. I'm no. like blaming that on like how we write TV shows, which is like the way we're talking about Stranger Things is that like they often don't decide how many seasons it's gonna be. So it's like how can we just keep people watching? Um, which is kind of a good synthesis of like all the episodes you've been on. This is true. This is true. Um, so yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh my goodness, what a sexy little conversation we've this been having. This is such a sexy conversation. It was nice it's to just, so like, fun. talk to you. Yeah. Because it's been a while since we've just, like, talked. Just hung out. Just, just hanged yeah, out. Just hanging out. So cute. Um, Maybe it was a blessing in disguise that Gaia couldn't be here for us to talk about the slurs in the It <laughs> the book <slurs>. today. <laughs> Literally, Adeline, these slurs. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Ah! It's not I, excited for slurs like slurs are no, actively yeah, bad like, and harmful, but I'm excited to talk about how ridiculous and awful Stephen King is because he's such a ridiculous man. Great. Okay. Harris hot take doesn't need to happen this week. Harris hot take um, does. I mean, we could get a hot take about me from Harris. <gasps> Wait, stop. <laughs> it's funny because you guys have hot takes about him all the time, so I guess this is We do. Hello. Hi, he's... Harris. So we had a little weird change of plans. Uh, Gaia could not record this week. So Adeline and I just did like a twink movie power hour where we talk. (laughs) (laughs) Where we just talk about Adeline's obsession with twink movies. Adeline was wondering if you could give a hot take on her. Oh, on Adeline? Okay, but... Here's the thing, I really miss Adeline right now. And like Harris, I miss you. I miss I miss like Adeline choking me in the elevator. (laughs) I I miss Adeline calling me a little piece of shit every day. You know, Adeline embodies the like the bitterness of life that I always needed in my life. I just, it, I really, I really miss getting bullied all the time. And like, I wish like, Harris could hear me right now. Every single day of my life. I miss it. I really miss it. And you'll get cucked again, bitch. I'm still waiting on my dick cage, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's coming. Oh my god. Adeline would be a twink for Trump. Uh, oh, like, no, I would not. No, she would I'm gonna kill you in cold blood. I love you. I love you too. Adeline loves you also, and also she. I do. (laughs) Never mind. Fuck you, Adeline. Uh, Okay. Bye, Harris. Please do. Bye, Bye, Harris. I adore that man. I want to choke him again. (laughs) Please. God, I miss it. God, I miss it. I miss living in Lafayette Hall with him. Any of my you bitches listening to this, shout out to Lafayette Hall. (laughs) Best upperclassman hall. If you ever talk trash about it, I will personally come for you. Shout out to my homies at the mission. Anyways. (laughs) I miss I miss uh that time when when you were screaming at Harris about cum rags. And then and the yeah, people who we got a note on our door. The people next door were like, "It's three a.m. and it's finals week. Please stop yelling about comrades." That did happen. That did happen. Oh my god! Um, what are you working moments. on, Alan? Oh boy! When I tell you I'm working on my short film, baby, we wrapped up filming, um, and we did a little mini photo shoot for our um, promotional poster. 
Um, and we're now in the editing phase. So <laughs> Catherine is our director and editor. So she's working on that. I've been trying to find some royalty free music for the score because I don't have money. I also emailed Sofian Stevens' uh, licensing company to ask them if I could use his song in our movie. So. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> Because I, I think yeah. I've mentioned this, but like no, my short film is based off of a Sufjan Stevens song. Right. Um, and so I wanted to be able to use that song at this one specific part of the movie. So I emailed them you and I asked them um, and they got back to me and they were like, yeah, t- send us like the information and some clips if you want so we can like send it to Sufjan's team and see if like we can do it. And I was like, oh, wig. Oh my God. So, I hope they don't make you we'll pay see. for it. I mean, they said on their... Um, website i I, so i basically went to sufian's website and then i went to his um record company's website and then to the licensing company for that record company's website and um on there it's like a pretty small company and they said that we are um open to licensing for all sorts of projects and all kinds of budgets so hopefully if they understand that i'm a student i could maybe get away with like a pretty cheap stipend for use of the song um especially since i'm not releasing this movie for money or anything um but yeah so i am uh working on that right now it's in the final phase of production three person production team uh me Catherine, and caitlin but yeah so that should i don't have like a hard and fast release date for it right now but probably sometime in the next two weeks depends on how quickly we can get editing and um uh, production done but yeah it should be on the playwrights horizons a website at some point we can like link to that information in the show notes what are you working on nita i'm so glad you asked um i'm (laughs) (laughs) i'm also working on my short film which cameron is doing sound for kiara is doing music for um it's a horror movie so kiara and cam have to listen one to some bollywood tunes because it's indian it's a basic horror movie and then also to some scary movie soundtracks which i need to send to cam soon um Mm -hmm. (laughs) we actually have like a meeting tomorrow and then Catherine and caitlin and adeline you are also kind of working on my short film in terms of like mm-hmm. costuming and makeup which is really cool and we're gonna figure out how to do all that remotely which is which is crazy but like i think we can make it work um, it do be the times we live in in literally like what so. a weird time to be a human being um yeah and where I'm gonna be in New York in like two days, thank God. Get me out of here. Yes! I need a fucking yes! break. Um, and then we're gonna go into we're filming it next weekend, which is like so exciting. Yeah. <sighs> but yes, it doesn't really have a name, so I don't. But I should make an Instagram for it or something. But yeah, you should. At some point. Um, amazing. Uh, you can follow. All right. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nita underscore Thavani, T-H-A-D-A-N-I. And you can follow me on Instagram at Adeline.Rose, A-D-E-L-Y-N-N dot Rose, and on Twitter at Neil X Perry. And you can follow the Instagram for my uh, short film at Palisades Short Film on Instagram. That's P- well, you'll see I'll it. I'll put in the it show. in the show notes. Short film. Uh, you can follow yeah. the podcast on Bitchwhy Podcast on Instagram and Twitter, and you can email us at b.tchwhy at gmail.com. Please leave a review and rate us on iTunes. All of the resources, everything Adeline mentioned will be in the show notes. Thank you to our editor and co-producer Cameron and our graphic designer Jillian. Bye, bitches. Bye.